Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby, I'm Paige, and we're so glad that you're here. We all face problems, both big and small, but having faith shines a whole new light on finding the right solutions. As we sit down each week with some incredible guests, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of the world and to put faith over everything. This episode of A Love Like This is brought to you by The Friendship Centre. The Friendship Centre offers genuine and caring counselling support to people from all walks of life. If you need support or just want someone to talk to, particularly with the same Christian values as you, visit friendship-centre.com or call our incredible friend Maria on 0426 282 214. Stick around to learn more. Today we sat down with one of our new friends, Heather Fulton. Heather is a worship leader and a faith blogger and has a whole lot of wisdom. If you are someone who struggles to understand God's timing and His divine plan for your life, this episode is for you. Don't bypass the process for perfection. That is the crux of this episode that holds so much truth and power, that we have a wonderful God doing extraordinary things in the here and the now. Heather reminded us that God is the creator of the entire universe and holds your life in the palm of his hands and offers gifts in the divine details of our lives. Enjoy this incredible episode. Awesome. Well, I think the best place to start, Heather, is for you to just tell our listeners a little bit about you. And personally, I'd love to know, like, what's your testimony? I guess if it's really long, you can shorten it, whatever you like. (laughs) But how did you come to know Jesus? Yeah, so um, I'm Heather Savon. Um, I am a worship leader and also singer-songwriter and, I guess, faith blogger um, living in Houston, Texas. Um, But I came to know Jesus um, when I was 18, a senior in high school. Um, But I was introduced to the church as a little girl around five years old. My dad had married a deaf woman. And she was a Christian. And so the first church I was ever introduced to was a deaf church. And so they would play the music super duper loud. So the deaf people can, you know, hear the vibrations. And when the music came on, I was instantly captivated. Um, I've always, the Lord has always just talked to me and like really captured my heart through music. Um, And so they sadly got a divorce And during that time, I had actually been baptized, but I didn't know the significance of even what I was doing. I was like seven or eight. I remember we all got baptized, um, but they got a divorce and I really missed church. Like I missed community. I missed cookouts. I missed the music. Um, And so I would go on and off um, throughout middle school, high school, um, while living in a household that was no believers, um, and stumbled upon a church one day about a half mile from my house and would walk sometimes and even take my dad's car to go to church, which, um, it was a Southern Baptist church. And so it had the pews and the stained glass and the preacher, um, and everybody in there was like over the age of 40. So I stuck out, I swore thumb and I would go there on and off for six to nine months, I guess, until I decided to just move up one day to the first like three pews. Um, and I sat next to this lady and her husband saw me 
from the choir. And when he came down, he said, who's your friend? And I was just sitting there and they introduced themselves to me and said, let us introduce you to our youth pastor, our young adults pastor. They're having a retreat this weekend. Um, we'll pay for you to go. And I was like, okay. Um, I was super, at the time I was super skeptical of people's generosity. I really didn't want anything to do with it. I just wanted to hear my mess, hear the message, get the, my little fill of the Lord and then go like live out my week drained. Um, but I said, yes, even though I knew nobody at the church, nobody, my own age. Um, but I knew I needed to say yes. Um, because in my heart, I knew I was missing something. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus, but I had never like confessed with my mouth, um, that Jesus is Lord and whatnot. So I tell my, um, brother at the time who, um, was, is gay. I told him I'm going to go on this retreat and I'm going to accept Jesus Christ. And he kind of like laughed at me and was like, ha ha, pray for me. And I was like, I will. <laughs> and so whole time going, like traveling up to this retreat, I was like nervous. I was sweating. I was, had the shakes and I remember the preacher preached, um, Valley of the dry bones and like this huge Chris Tomlin song had just came out. And I remember it was the first time I ever like really worshiped like so freely, like, and not reserved and went to my group leader afterwards and just like, Hannah, I think I want to accept Christ. Like, I know I want to accept Christ. Um, and she was super happy because I was the first person that she was going to, you know, help lead in a prayer. And so she did pray over me. And then I prayed my own prayer, um, accepting Jesus into my heart. And I just remember it being super desperate, like, Lord, I need you. (laughs) I was 18 and lost. Um, I knew I needed something and I knew I needed Jesus. Um, And what she told me right afterwards was that, you know, your Christian walk is not going to be like all peaches and rainbows. Like there's going to be hills and there's going to be valleys, but now God is with you like every single step of the way. And I always remember that. And I always tell other people that. And so from that day forward, I remember the exact day, like the exact time where it was at, um, my life was changed. And I've been a Christian for about a little over eight years now. So I love that story. What an incredible moment. I think that, oh my gosh, there's so much to unpack here. (laughs) What a beautiful testimony, because I think that, you know, because I feel like I had a similar moment to you as well, um, was sort of like, because we started a new Christian school and we had grown up as Catholics. And so I didn't really know God in a really, you know, intimate way. And I remember being in worship, looking around, being like, what is going on here? Like, what is happening? And then it was just this heart change that I was like, right. oh my gosh, for the first time, everything I guess it just seems like clearer. Like finally I have an answer to everything. Like this is the thing that I've been longing for, the thing that I've been looking for. And finally, like now I know it. So what a beautiful testimony, Heather. Wow. I feel like I know so much about you now. (laughs) So Abby and I, you know, we did some stalking on your Instagram and we came across like your reels and your IGTVs and like a thread that we noticed in your Instagram was like how passionate you are about God's timing. I guess we want to ask this question, like why do you think as 
individuals or even as believers, why do we always be like, I want it in my time. Like I'm striving for everything. I want everything to be perfect on my timeline. <laughs> like God, make it happen. Um, I think there's a couple of things going on in our heart and our mind, why we want it that way. One is that we are not recognizing that it is not our time in the first place. It's the Lord's time. <laughs> and we are on his, his grid. We're on his path um, that he's created for us. And if we know that he has a divine plan, not only for you, but for the whole entire world, then we play a significant part, but also a small part in all of eternity. And, but we're human and we like to go to our inner self and think it's all about us and God, why don't I have this right now? But take a step outside of selfishness for a second, if we're able to um, and look and see like around us that there's a bigger picture here and it's not all about me and recognize that God's timing is the best timing for you. You don't want anything outside of God's timing because then it, that is either you working your own power to get something, or it's just going to end up in a complete disaster because you're trying to rush, rush a process. And we know that rushing a process, you know, is not beneficial, you know? So I think that we need to, one, recognize like the Lord's divineness and time and how time is not ours. And the picture is always bigger than just me and just you. It's all. That's so good, Heather. What does that look like to you? Um, I guess it can be when you find yourselves in the moments where you're struggling to accept his time and when you're struggling to see him moving. Because I know for me, sometimes I'll get caught up in seasons where it feels like Groundhog Day. Like every single day, it's the same. I go in you know, to my quiet time, feel like nothing's happening. God's not moving. Nothing drastically is happening in my life. And it almost feels like, huh, like, is God actually paying a part? Like you almost think about God's timing. Like, yes, he's got all of these things happening. But sometimes like when we're looking at our lives, we can feel like nothing at all is happening. So I guess like, what would you say to that person who is in that season who just feels like, yeah, I don't know about God's time. I've been waiting for so long. Nothing's happening. It's just, it's just not happening. Like, what would you say to that person? Yeah, that is such a tricky spot to be in. Um, But even when it feels like God's not working, he's always working. Like he's always doing something for the the good of those who love him. And the waiting process, which I'm reading a book called Waiting on God. And I know there's a scripture that says, while we wait, he strengthens our heart. And waiting on God is very important because if you look at it this way, like he was waiting on us to accept him, to accept Jesus. And now we're just waiting on him for when Jesus comes back. And that book has, first of all, been wrecking my whole life. It's been the way nobody likes the waiting process. The waiting process can really be like just such a drag, but it's so necessary because I think of like the analogy of like diamonds are made under pressure and it takes a long time to make a pearl and like all these different like analogies, like while we wait, he strengthens our, our heart. Like you, you're not just born and then you're successful. Like there's a process that has to happen, you know, like I, God willing still have, you know, many, many more years of my life 
and I'm going to be a completely different person, you know, in 25 years or so, and hopefully a better one, (laughs) but there's a process that has to happen. And we can't like your title is going to say, I think, but we can't bypass the process for the perfection and first, and you know, the, the perfection doesn't exist, but we live in such an instantaneous world nowadays. We have everything at our fingertips. We can Google anything we ever want to know. And it's there in two seconds. And so society has actually taught us not to wait. They've, we can have fast food in five minutes and they, we can have DoorDash and Uber and all these places bring us our own food instead of going to get it. And I'm not knocking those businesses, but it's not like we as a people have made those things to satisfy our flesh. And flesh does not want to wait. And that, and, you know, we, the word tells us like, you know, to die to our flesh and that, you know, waiting can build up, like I said, strength and character, discipline, obedience, all those things that the Lord wants you to have. And he wants to be able to, to trust you to, you know, not feed into your flesh and to do what he has called you to do. And if that's to wait, then you got to wait. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, The Friendship Centre. For five years, The Friendship Centre has been providing self-funded counselling support to Christians and non-Christians alike. Finding a counsellor who is there when you need them, for as often as you need them, and with the same faith values as you, can be a challenge. The Friendship Centre offers both free and paid counselling services in person or over the phone to people all around Australia. With 23 phone-based counsellors, they have the ability to pair you with someone who genuinely cares about you. Maria Serena founded the Friendship Centre with the hope of providing passionate and genuine mental health support to those in our local community. Our family has personally used the Friendship Centre services and after every interaction, we feel lighter, more loving and full of life. What sets the Friendship Centre apart from so many other mental health support services is that if you find your roots in faith, their counsellors cater their sessions to embed scripture and truth to help you not only feel better, but live better. Make sure to visit friendship-centre.com or call Maria on 0426 282 214 to learn more. Enjoy the rest of this incredible conversation. I feel like I never really think about that, how like, you know, I feel like it, we talk about this in Catholic church, like all the time when we were younger, but um, I don't know in the, where in the Bible it says this, but about how patience is a virtue. And it's like, no, like we're impatient people, like what you were just saying, impatient beings, but there's something so honorable and better, like God honors patience within us. So I think that's really powerful. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> that encouraged me too. I had a um quote pinned up on my letterboard for years in my bedroom. Oh, I know what one it is. <laughs> and it's, um, I can't remember where I got it from, probably Pinterest, but it says, and I don't want to butcher it, God's timing is when he knows we're ready, not when we think we are. The sooner we accept that, the sooner he can work his plan into our lives. And I think a lot of the time too, it's like I spend so much time thinking about God's timing rather than just trusting in it and just living in each season as best that I can in the hope that he's 
all knowing, like he actually knows what he's doing and he is moving. So I think, yeah, that's, we have to pray about that a lot to just have those eyes to see it that way. And in the trusting process, I guess my question is like, what are some practical things like we can do during the waiting? Be rooted in his word. Like when wait on God means to literally like wait on his presence and his spirit to just be with you. And a lot of us just can't be like a lot of people who just cannot sit still and sit on a couch and just like meditate. Sometimes it's hard for me to meditate. And, but when we're still, I mean, I literally have be still my soul tattooed on my ankles and it's, it was supposed to be a reminder, but I still have to like, Self, be still in his presence like just wait on him like the hustle and bustle of the world is is not that important that you can't just take a minute to be with the lord um so one is to be still you said what are some things people can do be rooted in his word like see what his word says about waiting i mean i look i google all types of scripture when i'm going through i'm like what does scripture say about <laughs> about, you know, my spouse or, or whatever, you know, I Google all of it. And like, thankfully we're so blessed to have Google because, um, and then I go and look at my Bible and read like what it says. Um, and I think worship is very powerful for waiting. I mean, it engages us. It engages us. I think people think that waiting means that you're not doing anything, but worship requires us to listen and then in return, worship God. And that's all he's worthy of is worship. And so that's the best place to be is in his word and in worship for sure. That's so good. I love that too. Cause you almost think that like, yeah, you know, when God says like, be still and know that I am God, like I am who I say I am. It's like, okay, I'll just sit, like, I'll just wait. And, and, you know what I mean? And we're not doing anything in the waiting process, but I love what you said about being in his word and being in worship because I mean, I've experienced that in my own life when I'm caught up in my thinking about nothing's happening, like nothing good is going on, nothing big is, I'm like, wait, God is still on the helm, like he's still moving in them. When you get caught up in his presence, it's like, this is the place where I'm found again. Like this, this changes everything for me. So I love that so much. So you said before about like the hustle and the bustle in the world. So truly what value, I guess, have you found in your seasons of waiting with whatever that looks like? And if ever you found yourself in a season of waiting, what value has come from that? Um, Building of character for sure. Um, And usually... I will realize that I needed to not even worry about what it was I was like desperately wanting so bad Um, that it wasn't really like that significant, um, depending on what it was, but definitely like building of character. Um, Discipline has been just a word in my year lately. I've been trying to just have more discipline in all areas of my life, not just like with my faith, but with your faith should then, you know, trickle into all areas of your life. Um, eating nutrition, like fitness, um, reading scripture, worshiping, like learning a new instrument. Um, so yeah, I discipline for sure. Um, in the waiting, because I also think of this scripture, it's, um, second Corinthians five, seven, that like faith is believing walk by faith, not by sight. And so it's hard that you can't see anything. There's nothing there. You're waiting, but it's 
you have to believe that's what faith is, is believing in the thing that you can't see, but knowing and trusting that the Lord is good. And that if he's made a promise to you, if he made a promise to us, or if you are waiting for a desire of your heart to be met, then waiting on him is literally the best thing you can do. But it doesn't always seem like that. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. I love, I love when I look back in my seasons of waiting, you, you, you kind of look back and you're like, Oh, I've been waiting for, I don't know, just an example, like my older sister, she's been what single for like six years or whatever it's been. I'm like, look how much you've grown in those seasons of waiting. Like the waiting is so valuable and like so much beauty can be found in the waiting. And you, at the end of the day, it's like exactly what you said about, I personally, I think that the seasons of waiting is where, and the uncertainty and the belief in the things unseen is like the, the, the most, I guess, significant seasons in our lives where our faith is built upon. Like that is where our faith begins that's honestly where it's starting to thrive because it's the place where we need it most so I love that so much so you say that God cares you said this in your um five minutes of faith IDTV (laughs) and I loved it it just stood out to me so much you said I don't want to butcher it that's why I'm reading it (laughs) but you said that God cares about the divine details in our lives we often miss the tiny yet huge significant details in our lives because we want it to look a certain way or because we are blind so how can we have eyes open to see him in those seasons of rushing why do we (laughs) rush (laughs) wow I can't believe I said that. I <laughs> <laughs> I've been praying beforehand or something. I was like, I'm like, oh, that was good. Like it quickly times it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. Like when you are in, you know, I often find myself in the mentality of FOMO, fear of missing out, or like uh, the spirit of lack will be on me or this complaining. There's no way for you to even realize the goodness around you when you're focused on the the bad things. And the Lord, I mean, you could see a detail in every single area of your life if you just ask the Lord for the eyes to see. Like he can use the wind, he can use nature, he can use the the man on the radio like if you are listening for those divine details, like he's ready to give you all of these like little, um, little blessings, like I feel little gifts throughout the day. You just have to be, have the eyes to see them. And if you're, if somebody's listening today and they're like, well, how do I have eyes to see them? Ask for the Lord to open your eyes. The Lord is ready and wants to hear us praying to him and asking him. He's, he's a good father and he gives good gifts and he wants to, your eyes to be open to all that he has for you. So good. I love that. I always like, sounds dramatic, but one of my, not my, okay, not like a fear, fear, but just one of my like faith fears, I guess. That even go hand in hand, like faith and fear. But like one of my fears is that I just don't want to miss what God is doing here. And in my quiet time, like I always pray like, thank you God, like for what you've done, what you're doing and what you will do. And I'm like, wait, the like the doing like right here, right now, that's where he is. And I just like, my fear is that I just go day by day, like nothing's happening, like my, like my career, like nothing's taking off. And I just think so negatively. And before I know it, I'm like, well, God, were you even with me today? But it's so true what you said, like every single second of every day, like his presence is available to us, but we don't have eyes to see it. You're going to miss it. And that's what I don't want. Like, I don't want to miss it. 
Um, we also guess this question on like on every single episode, but if you could say something to younger Heather, what would you say to her? In what context? If you were sitting down at a cafe, you saw like 10 year old Heather sitting there. What, what would you, what would you say to her if it's in the context of waiting or yeah. God's time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we didn't have it written down because we like to put or you like on the spot. Or like if Heather <laughs> asked, asked the question like, I'm waiting on God right now. <laughs> what would you say to her? Yeah, it's funny because the first thing that came to my mind was just wait. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's going to get so much better. Mm. And to just keep your head up. That's so good. I love that. Just wait. Just be patient. <laughs> All right. Last question, Heather. Sometimes we think, actually, this is something that you said, but I didn't put it in quotation marks. So this isn't me stealing what you said, I promise. But it's something that you said. Sometimes we think we know what we want, or sometimes God has given us promises that will be ours one day, but we take it into our own time. What does God tell us about that? Because so so many times I'd be like, yes, I know that like this is a promise from God and it's going to come into fruition one day. And then it's a gift from Him, but then I take it in my own hands and try and do whatever I can to make it happen, like to make it, you know what I mean? And I think there needs to be balance because it's like, yes, God gives us tools and we need to use them. But sometimes we can cross the line where it is like, instead of trusting him to do the work that he's promised he will do, we think that we can rely on ourselves to do that. So yeah, what does God tell us about? Um, stop trying to take control over it. Let me handle it. <laughs> yeah, the clearest um, version of somebody doing that in the Bible um, from that I can think of is with, I believe it was Abraham and Sarah. Um, and how, you know, God promised her that she was going to have a baby. It wasn't happening in her time. So she told Abraham and the, the helper girl to go, you know, sleep together and they made it happen. And a lot of, you know, things, if we look at historically, like a lot of things came from that. Um, and um, she was taking matters into her own hand. Um, and, you know, I don't trust myself to take things into my own hand anymore because I have before and they've usually all like gone south because I'm and God has the best for me but it just goes back and I feel like I keep repeating myself but this word has been just so huge in my life lately which is divine and he's sovereign and he's the best I mean he's the king of kings he's the the creator of the universe I'm not the creator of the universe. So there's absolutely no way my plan is going to be better than the Lord's plan. And there comes some humbling with that. You gotta let go of ego. You gotta let go of pride. Um, You have to surrender. That's a huge word, surrender. And just um, trust that what the Lord has for you is the, the best thing. Well, friends, we hope that after learning more about God and His timing, you are reassured that A, you are not in this alone, and B, there is so much more comfort in knowing that He knows all things and is working even when we don't see it. Don't bypass the process for perfection. That is the crux of this episode that just holds so much truth and power. And knowing that we have a wonderful God doing extraordinary things in the here and the now is so comforting. Don't wait for your life to be perfect because it will never be. Rather be still with the one who is and always will be perfect. Catch you guys next Saturday.